welcome to another message presented by the ministry of Christian Faith Fellowship. We are fulfilling the call of God on this ministry to preach the Word of God without compromise, raising up disciples who through faith in God will have a powerful impact on our world. May you be blessed through the message that we have to share with you today. May God's very best be yours. Okay, so we're going to start in Romans 12 too. So let's go to Romans 12. I'm just going to give you four points basically. Um, why you should look in the mirror and how to do that. Romans 12 2. Alright, I'm going to start reading. And do not be conformed to this world. I'm sure you have this memorized by now. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is good, what is acceptable, and what is the perfect will of God. So, we don't want to look like the world. And when we look in the mirror, we don't want to look like the world. Amen. It's hard. I mean, we can say that. But if we were being completely honest as the human fleshly side of us, the human fleshly side wants to look like the world. Because we see the things and we want, to, we want to have them or we want to be them or we want to look like them. You know, I, that's natural. So don't, don't feel bad. What I want to tell you today is deal with it when it happens, right? Because it's going to happen, especially for women. Let's just, it just comes. We don't know why. We don't know why we want somebody else's hair because they want somebody else's hair. You see, nobody's happy. It's a vicious cycle. Even the lady who's got beautiful hair, she wants somebody else's hair. She either wants it straight or curly. Or, and even people who have it, they still change it every day, right? They go from curly to straight. We don't even know what we want. That's the problem. So, so it's, yeah, it's never ending. But we don't want to be like the world, okay? So, number one, this is number one for tonight. Choose your own thoughts, okay? Let's not let the world tell us what to think anymore, okay? Let's just be so fed up with the world trying to tell us what to do or tell us how to think or tell us what we need to be looking like or, or, or talking like or wearing a mask or doing this or doing that. How about let's just think for ourselves, okay? Let's use some reasoning. So, let's not try to be like everybody else. There is nobody in this room that's cooler than you. Now, I, you know, I might think some people are, but really, they're not. We're, we're, just, we're just people, right? Maybe they have nicer shoes, or maybe they take care of those better, or maybe they like brand stuff and you don't, or maybe, I don't know what. But they're not cooler than you. I'm talking about you. I'm not talking about their stuff. Their stuff may be cooler, right? I mean, that's just a given. But, but, those, but none of us are cooler than anybody else. So don't, don't try to be popular. You know, growing up, I never, I could have cared less about popularity. I was just me, and I loved the people who sat at the table that nobody else wanted to sit at. <laughs> and I felt bad for them. I would go sit with them because I knew, I had a lot of friends because I was really athletic. So even though I wasn't popular, a lot of people knew me, and I love to sit with the people who nobody liked to sit with because they were people, and nobody else in that lunchroom, I just remember, nobody else in that lunchroom wanted to take the time to get to know those people, and just sitting with them, hearing them, I realized in that moment, I don't know, high school, middle school, something like that, that there is nobody cooler. 
who cares? Those people at the cool table, they're no different than these people. They just get to talk louder or be in the center of attention. And so we hear more about them. But these other people have minds and they have opinions and they have lives and they are important, right? So you're important. So don't try to be popular. Don't try to be admired by many people. And the Bible says that a few good friends is enough. And a few, I tell my kids all the time, they say, well, just a few or there's several. I'm like, few is three, okay? Several is four or more. You know, I'm like down to the T. So, so, so you only need a few, right? If you have that, you're blessed, okay? All right, learn to think for yourself. Now, I don't remember learning logic in, in school at all. I don't even remember that word until I started homeschooling. And now, I guess it's either a big thing, or I missed it somehow, or my school just didn't, my, well, definitely my school didn't want to teach it to me, obviously, because you can't think logically unless you have the Word of God, okay? This is your logic book right here. So you, you can go buy a logic book that'll explain things a little better, but this is your logic book. If it doesn't line up with this book, you're not thinking logically. Think your own thoughts, but let them line up with this. Does that make sense? Okay. It's really easier than it sounds, right? And, and, and it's easier than we think it is. Like we think we have to go forth and preach the word or talk to somebody about the gospel and we have to know all these things. But you don't. And if you don't have the answer, then you, can, you don't have to have the answer. That's okay. You just say what you know and you use the word for the rest. And if you don't understand it, that's a good opportunity for you to go find out. Right? Go study. Go ask your godly leadership. Go talk about it with some godly people. Um, start somewhere. Don't think you need to know everything to go out and, and preach the word or to share the gospel or even to just um, be an encouragement to somebody, a neighbor, right? Nice. Learn to think for yourself. How do you learn to think for yourself? I ask a lot of questions, which is why I sort of have a problem of interrupting. I interrupt a lot, and I notice that. But there's a reason why, because I really had to sit down and think, why do I interrupt so much? I have a really bad problem. <laughs> But here's the problem, and I'll give you a little example. When I was in school, my teacher started telling us this story. It wasn't very long, obviously. I lost, I lost it. It was a short story, and I still lost it. She started talking to us about her car, and I don't even know what it was about, basically. I'm just going to give the overall why I missed the point. She literally was telling us that her car got stuck in this ditch thing, and she is telling me, you know, I don't know, she's using her hands, something like this. And so I'm thinking her car is stuck in this, like, canyon, you know, sort of thing, like at least this tall. Well then, by the end of the story, because you can't interrupt during class, that's the only bad thing, you know, that's why you miss a lot during school, because you've got 30 kids, and they don't want to take the time to answer your questions all the time. You don't have that great of teachers all the time. And so you get lost. And if you get lost, you're still trying to figure out, how did our car make it, and it's still in one piece, if it fell into a canyon? That's me. I was just sitting there thinking that. She, afterwards... You know, I don't know what she did, but somehow she came to the realization, she showed us it was actually like that deep. And that just blew my mind because I was like, oh, the story makes sense now. Now, I know that's a simple illustration, but that's how we get lost. Be well, that, I mean, me, me, I say me. <laughs> that's how I get lost because if you start your story and you start trying to tell me something, I need to stop you. I need to know exactly how this happened first before we move on to the rest of your story. <laughs> 
<laughs> because if you don't, I'm just going to be wondering about that question the whole time, and I'm going to miss the rest of your story, right? Now, if you're in church, you just write that question down and you ask later, right? And that's okay to do, but I don't always have a notepad. So I'm just saying, you have got to ask questions. Questions help you to put things together. Questions help you to address your own thoughts, whether they're good or bad. Questions help you to see, is this logic, is that what the Bible lines up with? If you don't ask questions, you're going to start just listening to whatever and receiving whatever. Don't do that. It's, it, that's how we get in trouble. That's how we get confused. That's how we get deceived, right? Okay, nobody can control your thoughts. Thank the Lord, right? We are studying Joshua in our homeschool, and I noticed that Joshua... He was a really good leader. He was really good. He actually listened to God. He was a great listener and follower. But a couple of times, people came up to him and they suggested something and he agreed with it. He was like, that sounds pretty good, actually. Yeah, I'm going to. He forgot to consult God, though. And it happened only a couple of times and he learned his lesson. But those couple of times, God was like, okay, like, you told me you wanted me to help you, but you didn't ask me any questions just now. You just went along with whatever that person said. Well, in the natural, those things looked good. But because he didn't consult God, he messed up, and, and many lives were lost. But the good thing about Joshua is he learned from that. He learned, okay, I've got, I will not make another decision without consulting God. And he did that from then on. So we've got to consult God. We have got to ask questions, not just to other people, not just to ourselves. We've got to ask God, what do you think about this? Because sometimes you can't find it in here. Sometimes it's like, okay, should we buy that house? Ugh, well, that's not in here. That's definitely not in here. So we need to consult God, right? The Holy Spirit. Listen, God wants to help us. He's waiting, but he won't. Remember, he's a gentleman. He won't unless we ask, okay? Also, Jesus prayed during times of temptation. So when times of temptation come, we're talking about thoughts, right? We need to follow his footsteps. Just pray. God said that he always gives us a way out. So we have got to stop. We, we got to, I say this as I am the fastest talker ever, but I have a lot to say. We have got to stop and know that silence is okay. Amen. Like right now. It's okay. I don't have to entertain you. And when we're in the car together, you don't have to talk to me. Like, it's fine. I'm not saying, I'm just saying, silence is okay. Our society doesn't think it is. They think that you need to just, you need to be listening to something, or blaring something, or playing something, or doing something, or blah, 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 all the time. And so our brains, are they're trying to get us to do that all the time. And it's not healthy for us. So just take the time to stop. Chill. Relax. Listen to the Holy Spirit. Let God move you. Let him speak to you that day. So temptation comes. You don't have to. You, you can stop and just pray about it. God will show you what to do. Right? Also, fear. <clears throat> just got to hit on fear just a little bit. Because fear is so big. Fear and anxiety is huge right now. Whenever I was out there, um, the last... To talk, whenever I was out there praying for people for the ponder pantries, the, the most requested thing was people were fearful about something or they had anxiety about something. That's so big in our, in our world right now. And fear 
causes, listen, just, just a thought brings the fear, right? Just a tiny thought. And then what happens? It causes the anxiety, and then it causes action, like, like crazy panic action, right? Um, I, have, I grew up so fearful of everything. I mean, I would not go to a buffet line. I would have to get my parents to get my food. I was so scared of everything. I had a rooster chase me, and I, was, I stayed on a van for I don't even know how long till my parents came and found me outside. I have called my dad who knows how many times because there was a monkey in the wall or a snake in the couch, which was not a snake. It was actually just a piece of carpet that looked like snake. And uh, so I've called, but, but that was a long time ago. I don't do that anymore. But those were all by fear. You know, in the dark, I would see things like, like giant crabs or bats hanging on the ceiling. Because I was so fearful. Because all it took, I didn't, I didn't like, think about those things. I didn't read bad books. I didn't watch scary things. But just a tiny thought. Right. With a big imagination is such a bad mix, right? So we now I know. Deal with that fear. That, come on, be logical, Brandy. There are no giant crabs, okay? So just be logical. That's probably just a balloon on the ceiling. You know what I mean? So we have got to, to focus and grab a hold of these thoughts, right? We've got to grab a hold of these fears. We've got to grab a hold of that anxiety and ditch it. It's not ours. Yeah. We're going to replace it with something, okay? So. Here's my number two. So number one was choose your own thoughts. Okay? All right. Number two is we're going to kick out the bad thoughts. We're going to put in the good. We had a kids class lesson on this. We're going to kick out the bad thoughts. We're going to put in the good. It's not enough to kick out the bad thoughts because they more will just fill. Just junk, you know, the world, uh, the, the enemy shooting fiery darts at you. So we've got to fill it with good. If you don't like something about your life or you don't like your life, if you want to make a change, this is where you start. You start by the way you think. That's with anything in your life that you can possibly think of. Start with the way you think. Get rid of the bad thoughts. Put in the good. Negative thinking or wrong thinking. And when I say that, I'm talking about anything that doesn't line up with this. You know what that's called? It's called stinking thinking, right? We hear that. We don't want no stinking thinking. So, many, many years ago, when I was first um, coming to this church, um, I did a message on mirrors, looking into mirrors. And so that's why this, this is titled, Take a Look in the Mirror, because um, this is your mirror, in case you're wondering. This is the mirror. This is like the best mirror that you've ever looked good in, in your house, right? Because we're going to talk about some mirrors, and you know there's some mirrors that tell lies. I mean, they actually like made you look good, and then you went to church and you saw yourself in the real mirror, and you were like, oh my gosh, that was a bad mirror. We need to break that mirror. So we're going to talk about looking into the wrong mirror. Okay, so we have some old mirrors. If you've ever seen old mirrors, they can come like have spots, right? Or they can have like a hazy film, right? And so, you know, usually people buy them because they're beautiful, they're antiques, but, and they don't want to get rid of them. But the problem with those mirrors is they can, they can cause things to look blurry. If you need a, you know, I don't know, if you need your face, to, you need to see if it's, if it's good, you know, your skin. You can't tell. That's, that's not a good mirror to look into, right? Because it's not clear, in other words, right? You may miss some things. And that mirror reminds me of the world's opinions. 
not just the world's opinions. It reminds me of any media that's trying to fill your head. It reminds me of friends, even if they're good friends, if they're not godly, if they're not in church, if they're not in the word, guess what? They're like that blurry mirror. You think that you're seeing something good. You think you're seeing it okay. But that hazy or those spots, you're missing something. You've got to get godly in these years. Godly, godly words. Godly focus. Amen. Because things are going to sound good because they care for you. But if it's not the word, it's not good. It's not the true mirror. Okay? That can also be family. Your family that doesn't go to church telling you what they think and, and trying to coddle you. That, that's a blurry mirror. Don't look at that mirror. Don't go to that mirror. Go to this mirror. And then I think about circus mirrors. You know those funny ones that make you like look like short like Kim and my mom? Like <laughs> They're so cute though. We love them. You know, or car mirrors. You know, this, this object looks closer than it appears, and it really is. So don't get too close in those. Yeah, those mirrors remind me of our own fleshly desires, right? Our own desires, our own opinions, which we're not supposed to have. Our mind, our will, our emotions. Those mirrors are fun. They look fun. They are fun. You know, but you wouldn't really want to look like that, right? So that's not, so they're not, they're not, I mean, not short. We like you, we like you. I'm talking about the wavy weird. <laughs> or it makes your head like look this big. I'm talking about that kind of weird. <laughs> I'll just stop now. Okay, so your fleshly desires, your opinion, your mind, your will, your emotions. <laughs> Even your perspective on things at times. Because you know your perspective changes if it's just you, Right? We can, we can be one day like, yeah, like so good, right? But then something in us, an emotion that just grabs a hold of you can distort the way you're seeing something. But if it, remember, if it's not this, if it, think logically, ask questions, uh, then you're, you're looking in a, in a wrong mirror. You're, you're looking in a mirror that's not going to help you, in other words. <clears throat> There's also mirrors when they, when they sh get foggy, you know, from the shower or wet from the car, you know, on the side mirrors when they get little droplets on them. You can't see clearly through those, right? You, those remind me of thoughts of the enemy, really trying to, to mess something up and to really trying to deceive or, or seduce you to see something that's there, but it's not there, or something that needs to be there. Right? So those are thoughts from the enemy. We don't want to listen to those. We don't want to use those mirrors. Those, are, those mirrors are going to hurt you. They are literally created to harm you. The enemy is here to do what? Steal, Steal kill, and destroy. That's what those mirrors do. That, that, that's the possibility if you use that as a mirror. His thoughts, that's all he needs is to, he just needs you to grab a hold of it. He just needs you to use one of those mirrors and he can take advantage of your life. And then we ask God why, but it wasn't God. It never was, right? God is the one protecting. God is the one stopping. God is the one who has angels warring for us against those demons, right? We don't want to take a hold of those thoughts. You have got to identify those thoughts. That's the biggest problem, is people don't identify it. I'm stupid. No, actually, I'm not stupid. I may feel stupid. Maybe I did something stupid. But I am not stupid. Right. God doesn't say I'm stupid. He wouldn't create a stupid 
right? Just little things like that, that we, we forget that, that that's a big deal. That can hurt you. That can hurt your identity, right? That can hurt the way you see yourself. And it's so important that we use this one true mirror, that this is what your true identity is. And if it doesn't line up with this, you're using a bad mirror. Get rid of it. Ditch it. Get it out of your house, antique or not. Get it out. Number three, transform your mind with the Word of God. So you can't, it's not enough just to look in the mirror. Now we got to put some effort in. We got to do some work. You know, like, yeah, get out of bed. You got to do some work before you leave the house. <laughs> some of us more than others, but you can't just wake up. I mean, you could, but people know when you roll out of bed. They, they really do. They don't tell you that, though, because they want to be nice. But if your mom is there, she'll tell you. You know, you need that. You are not wearing that to church. That that we do no, or or yes, you need to go fix your hair, because he's doing something weird. We don't leave the house without looking in the mirror, right? That. Thank you for doing that. Don't don't leave the house without brushing your teeth or doing that. But we're not talking physical. Now we're talking spiritual. Don't leave the house without looking in your mirror. Don't even some people. Some of us don't even leave our house every day. <clears throat> I mean, I don't know what that's like, but one day I will know what that's like. But either way, some of you don't leave your house or you don't even leave your street. Well, don't, don't, how about this? Don't, <clears throat> find time in your day to look in this mirror. Because for some of us, it's not right in the morning. For some of us, it's, you know, you, to be honest, if you want to read this Bible and get anything out of it, if you're not fully awake and aware, you're not doing a good job, you're, you're not going to get anything out of it, right? So you've just got to find a time in your day that you're, you're best alert, right? Some people are night owls. Some people are morning people, which I am not, right? But either way, get in the mirror. Amen. Clean yourself up with the mirror. This, this, this washes us. The Bible says it washes us. It cleanses us. You're getting washed tonight. You're getting cleansed. Don't worry, I'm getting to some scripture. So don't leave the house without looking in the mirror. Did you know it's actually impossible to have an empty mind? You know that, hmm, whatever they do. They're not actually clearing their mind. They're humming. They're thinking of a hum. You cannot clear your mind, people. Your mind actually needs thoughts just like your lungs need breath. Did you know that? So you have to get, you, you're always going to have them in there. So if you just kick out the bad and you don't do anything to put in the good, you can't expect change. It'll just be the same thing because more bad will come. It's a given. But if you put the good in, you will find change. But you've got to do it consistently. It can't be like one day... And then you wait five days, and then you do it again. That'd be like exercising like that, right? And I tried that, and it does not work. So you want to do it consistently, like with everything. The key really is consistency, okay? You could write that down. That is truth with everything you do. So how do we know what's good? Obviously, we're going to line up with the word, right? How do we know what we should think about? Well, what should we be thinking? We should be thinking about things above. The Bible tells us that, right? We've got to fill our minds with the Word of God. And we can't stop there even. It's got to come out of here. Because if it comes out of here, we're hearing it. And it is literally producing faith. Have you ever thought about that? You are like, like a seed. If you're watering and putting sun, you're expecting that seed to come up within, what, three or four days or three or four weeks, depending on what it is, right? 
If you are filling your mouth and your mind with the Word of God, you are literally producing seed. And you should expect change, right? So, fill your mind with the Word of God. You know, if your mind is constantly saying, and these are simple examples because you, everybody's different. If your mind is constantly saying, I'm a loser, or my husband's a loser, or my boss is a loser. If you're constantly saying those things, You've got to change those thoughts. Yeah. Even if it doesn't really feel right, I'm not a loser. I am more than a conqueror. Amen. I'm so glad I have a boss because I have a job, right? Yeah. We have got to change, and we've got to do it with our mouth. We've got to do it with our thought. We've got to do it with our mouth, okay? Uh, have you ever seen, I'm sure you've seen furniture, that my dad does an awesome job at this. He can take anything, and, you know, it looks ugly and ratted and, you know, a, maybe a knob falling off or scratches. He can literally take it. And, and Mr. Bill does this too. And even Don Rose, I mean, it's wood, right? It's so changeable. They see that wood and they see beauty because they know what it can become. They don't look at it and see trash like, like most of us, right? We we look at it, we pass it, we think, oh, yeah, I don't want that. But if we were to give it into their hands and then they brought it back, we would see the beauty in it. Because they took it and they, they sanded it and they took the paint out. I don't know all the t terms, but, you know, they took it, they did some things to it, they repainted it, they fixed it. They, even, they can even put it back together, things that were falling apart. They can make new things. I mean, that amazes me because I'm not. And then it's beautiful. That is what we are, okay? So, you, if you've been looking into any of those other mirrors, you might see something that looks like old wood. But, you are a vessel of honor. Yeah. So, when you look in that in the mirror now, you should see beauty, fine china. You should see brand new, literally brand new. Yes, that's right, brand new. So, let's get real. Number four. This is going to be the hard part, okay? All those parts, I mean, they're easy if you put effort in, okay? But this, we're getting to the hard part now. Number four, be content. Ooh, ow, ooh, ow, ow, yeah. <laughs> That's easy to say when we're at church. We're here, we're all content. I mean, you guys came to church tonight. You've got to be pretty content people. But we got to be content all the time. Yeah, all the time. We need to be content with who God made us to be. Yes. So we're going to get into some, some a little more detail, a little more uh, real. We're going to get real for a minute. So we're going to go to Ecclesiastes 12. Ecclesiastes 12. And that's after Proverbs, in case you didn't know, because like we never go there hardly. All right, when you're there, say Amen. All right. Remember now your creator in the days of your youth. Before the difficult days come and the years draw near when you say, I have no pleasure in them. You know, we're getting older. I, mean, I can say that now. <laughs> we're getting older and it's weird. It's, you know, some, some people have that, they, they dislike it in 
earlier than others and some people dislike it later than others. But either way, they get to a point where a depression or a gloom tries to come on people or a cloud because you're getting older. But you need to remember your creator now. In this day, the days of your youth now, before those difficult days come, if we do that, we are not going to get hit with that cloud. Right. We need to know who we are now. Yes. If you wait, it's going to be even harder, right? Amen. I'll get into that in a minute. While the sun and the light, the moon and the stars are not darkened and the clouds do not return after the rain. In the day when the keepers of the house tremble and the strong men bow down, when the grinders cease because they are few and those that look through the windows grow dim. When the doors are shut in the streets and the sound of the grinding is low, when one rises up at the sound of a bird and all the daughters of music are brought low. Also, they are afraid of height and in terror and of terrors in the way, when the almond tree blossoms, the grasshopper is a burden, and the desire fails. For man goes into his eternal home, and the mourners go about in the streets. <clears throat> Remember your creator before the silver cord is loosed, or the golden bowl is broken, or the pitcher shattered at the fountain, or the wheel broken at the well. And then the dust will return to the earth, just as it was, and the spirit will return to God who gave it. Vanity of vanities, says the preacher. All is vanity. Don't you see that we have something so good coming that we can be content in the now, no matter where we're at, no matter what age you're in? You know, men, I mean, I'm not a man, so I'm going to do my best. But men, you know, you get older, your body changes, you get hairier everywhere, you get grayer, some of y'all. You don't, you really kind of lose, you do lose your strength that you once had, right? You, you could do more at 30, 35, 40, than you can at 60. You're just, you, you, you know, I'm not speaking this over our bodies in a, in a way that's um, not spiritual. I'm telling you the truth. Your body grows weaker as you get older, right? And I'm not talking about sickly. I'm saying we're not in our prime anymore, okay? <laughs> when you're not in your prime anymore, that can hurt. Why do you think so many men go through midlife crisis, right? Because it's hard to accept. That's why it's hard to accept. But the Bible right here is telling us, prepare yourself for it now. Please don't be uh, surprised later. Don't be surprised. Ladies, Ladies, don't be surprised that your marriage is not the honeymoon anymore. We shouldn't be surprised at that, right? I mean, anyways, your home, your home. You shouldn't be surprised that you've got to clean your home anymore. I mean, seriously, how long have you been cleaning it for, right? We shouldn't, right, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, we're never going to stop cleaning. We're never going to stop doing laundry unless they come up with throwaway clothes, which I would totally do, but they don't. <laughs> And we're, I mean, the dishes are always going to be there every day. Like, why be so surprised? We got to do the dishes. Why should we be surprised when the wrinkles come? They're coming. I mean, maybe slowly and, you know, not as many, but they're still going to come, right? We have to prepare ourselves now so we don't let this depression, this sadness come on us. We need to find some joy in everything we're in. And we need to prepare ourselves for what is to come. Listen, I want my grandma to have wrinkles. 
She needs to be sort of soft. I don't want my grandma to hold me bony, right? I mean, not now I'm big, but I'm just saying as a kid, those memories are so special. And never once did I look at my grandma and think, she's old. She's ugly. She's, I don't know, whatever. I never thought that. Never. As a matter of fact, when I was in high school, this is high school, my mom came with me to a, we went to Massachusetts for a FHA or what, is that right? Future Homemakers of America. Not the animal thing. I didn't do that. So I was learning about homemaking and stuff, but we went to Massachusetts and I remember telling my mom, I was like, mom, the director of this lady, she's so beautiful. She's like the prettiest lady ever. I can't wait for you to see her. And I'll never forget this for as long as I live. My mom's sitting next to me. I'm right here. The lady comes, the director comes up. And I was like, look, there she is. There she is. Isn't she pretty? And my mom's like, that, her? Like, that's who you're talking about? <laughs> I mean, she wasn't trying to be mean. I'm sure in her head she's thinking Barbie, right? I'm sure that's what she was thinking. But this lady was not Barbie. And, you know, I was like, I just remember thinking, oh, she doesn't see that. But then I realized years later, she, she was not Barbie. She was a little lady. She was an older little lady, and she had curly, tight curls and, you know, I don't know, red hair, brown hair. I don't know. She wasn't like what you look at, look at on Cosmopolitan or whatever magazine. Her beauty came from her joy. That's what I saw. And that's, that moment, like, taught me a lesson forever. Like, this lady was doing God with her joy. And that's what I saw. She wasn't gloom and doom. She didn't care if she had wrinkles. She didn't care if she was old. She was doing something for all these kids. And she was doing, she was a Christian. So she was doing it in, in God's way. But I will just never forget that. But I want to be that. I want to know that these things are coming and not let them get me down. I want to still move forward with God and not be looking at my appearance. Not be stopped by my appearance, my physical appearance, or the appearance of others, or my strength anymore, or... After I clean a window, why does my arm hurt? This is ridiculous. I've cleaned like 50 windows in my life. Because that is a part of life. And I need to prepare myself for that. I need to be content in those moments. we got to prepare ourselves for that. We're just going to back up a little in Ecclesiastes 11. Now youth and little kids, I'm talking to you now. These are your scriptures. So you, you listen carefully. Are you ready? Okay, these are for you. This is what God says to you. He says, rejoice, O young man or girl, in your youth. That's right now. You should be rejoicing. Let your heart cheer you in the days of your youth. Walk in the ways of your heart. That means your spirit, man. And in the sight of your eyes. But know that all, for all these, God will bring into you judgment. Therefore, remove all sorrow from your heart. And put away all evil from your flesh. Because childhood and youth are vanity. Be ready. God has some good things for you. This is what I would say to kids. I would say... You know, I just try to go back from when I, when I was younger, when I was your age. You know, I wanted to get married. That was like my biggest thing, you know, have babies because I love baby dolls. I wanted to drive a car so bad. I wanted to be big so I could drive a car. I wanted to be able to make my own money <laughs> and buy my own things. And all these things, I wanted to have my own house. And I wanted to do it right now, right? 
But that, that's vanity. God, that's not what God called, right? We want, to, we want to grow up so fast. And then look at us old people. We want to be young so fast. Do you see? We're never happy. We're never, ever happy. So be content, little kids. Be content being a little kid. You have so much that you don't have to do yet, right? Like your chores are so fun compared to mine, right? <laughs> I would trade that for any day, right? You are going to get to drive. You're going to get to. You're going to get to get married. Young teens, you're going to get to. Don't worry. Be content in your house with your family. Be content with your mom and dad. Be content with your brothers and sisters. You're going to need them later, right? I mean, you have a lot to look forward to. And I promise you, one day you're going to get to make your own decisions and you're not going to have to listen to your mom and dad. You don't have to. But I also promise you that they are trying to help you even when you're older. They're just trying to help. We, as parents, just love our kids. We want the best for them. We're never trying to hurt them. That's what I'd say to little kids, okay? All right, now let's look at Ecclesiastes 12, and we're going to go to verse 9. All right, it says, And moreover, because the preacher was wise, he still taught the people knowledge. Yes, he pondered and sought out and set in order many proverbs. The preacher sought to find acceptable words, and what was written was upright words of truth. The words of the wise are like goads, and the words of the scholars are like well-driven nails given by one shepherd. And further, my son, be admonished by these, of making many books there is no end, and much study is wearisome to the flesh. <clears throat> so this is to all of us. This is to every man, woman, child, churches, believers. Be content with your church. This is huge. People do not realize how big this is. Be content with your church. Thoughts are going to come where you don't like this church. You, you don't, your thoughts are going to come, you don't like me. You don't like what I wore today. Or you don't like my hair is fluffy. Or you don't like my voice. I don't like it either. I can't change it. Thank you. You are going to come to the point where you got your feelings hurt by the greeter. Or the usher looked at you wrong when you put your tithe in. Because he didn't smile at you, but he smiled at the person before you. Or you are going to get offended because pastor said that you need to give your tithes and offerings. Or you won't be blessed. That's the word. Amen. Thoughts are always going to come that this church is not your church. Listen, it may not be, but you need to figure out if it is or not. And you need to set a line, just like you set your post as a believer, and you need to stick to it. And you need to stick to it when those thoughts come. You've got to find your pastor. If this is your pastor, thoughts are going to come. Please be content with your pastor. Do you know he's doing the best he can? Do you know his wife is doing the best she can? Do you know we're all people who are all different and face different struggles and face different giants in our life and we're always going to be offended by something? Could you please get over yourself? I'm talking to me. I'm talking to Brandy. You think thoughts have never come to me to leave this church? Ask my friends. I've, I've thought about leaving who knows how many times. I worked for Pastor, and who knows how many times I thought about leaving. Because I was thinking about Brandy. I was offended. But you know what? I stuck it out. I'm still here. Yeah. So I told the devil, shove it. Sorry. Not leaving. Amen. I won. Yeah. I won. Amen. And you can win too because you've just got to deal with your thoughts. Be content. 
And then you won't have to worry about being offended. Okay, I'm talking to myself. So if I'm staring at you, I'm talking to myself. When I'm up here preaching, I'm preaching to myself. God gave us this word. And it's not just for me, but I am preaching to myself. We have to understand the importance of what our pastor brings to us. This is hard work. I've had to do this twice this week. Do you know how hard that is with children? Homeschooling and a job. Do you know, it's just, it's like, okay, God, if you told me to do this, you're going to fit it in. And guess what? He's so good. He always does. I look at my calendar and I say, yes, I did accomplish six impossible things today, just like Alice in Wonderland. I really (laughs) did, but I couldn't have done it by myself. I always rely on God and he literally amazes me at the end of my day. I'm like, how did that even happen? I don't know. God is good. So you can thank him. Yes. So it's important. What your pastor is bringing is important. Natural human wisdom, it just said, can get tiresome. It can be boring sometimes, right? But this wisdom, this wisdom is good. This wisdom is helpful. And your pastor is bringing it to you. And he is bringing it from God. Please don't take advantage of that. Please don't get offended. Just, you know what? If you don't like it then don't write it down. But, but don't expect change. Come on. Okay, that's your fault. So later, you didn't write it down because you didn't like it. That's fine. But don't expect change. Whatever, he, whatever the title is, if you're learning to be grateful, you didn't write it down, you ain't going to be grateful. Just move on with life, okay? Move on to something else. But, hey, he's trying to help us. Amen. And so, so is the word, right? So, last, last one we're going to look at. We're staying in Ecclesiastes. We're going to go to 12, and we're going to finish up with these last two verses, 13 and 14. It says, this is our final, this is like, this is like what is the final thing do we need to do? Like, this is like summing up everything we need to be right here. It says, let us just hear the conclusion of this whole matter. You women, you men, you children, you church family, Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is man's all. If we didn't even go any further, that's enough. Because if you just look in the Bible, hello, we laugh at the Israelites, and yet we still do the same thing. I mean, does it even compute? It can't, because that is how ridiculous your mind is. Okay, for God will bring every work into judgment, including every secret thing, whether it's good or evil. You are not fooling God. You can fool the person next to you. You can fool your pastor. You can fool your friends. You can fool your boss. You can fool your husband. You can fool your kids. You will not fool God. You will be accountable for everything that you did or didn't do and were supposed to do or didn't do. Do you understand? He can read your thoughts, people. There is nothing you can hide from God. So don't try. Amen. Be grateful. Be content. Two questions that you can ask yourself. Because <clears throat> it's really hard when you, uh, you know, I was thinking how good it is. We, I don't know about you. It's, it could just be me. But I make these books every year, you know. And, and it's our full year of just pictures, you know, that I just never want to part with. So I just print them in a book. And I can never look at those pictures. Like, 
I just can't do it without crying. It, I just rarely look at them. My kids pull them out and look at them all the time. But man, I look at them and I just cry because it's so sad. My kids are getting bigger. Our, their friends are getting bigger. Life changes. You miss things. That is normal. That's why we're not supposed to look at the past. It's just so sad, right? <laughs> but what I was thinking was how good is God like, we always say the good old days. I always hear people say that. Oh, that was the good old days. Because you remember times in your past, whether you were an adult or a kid or a teenager, there were some good times. And they were happy. They seemed to be carefree. At, you know, at this time, they, they probably weren't then. But at the moment, it seemed to be carefree. But, you know, we, it's just the opposite of heaven. Like, just think about it. Once we're on this side of heaven, once Jesus comes, once we're reigning, we're never going to look back and say, do you remember the good times, Susanna? Don't you remember when our kids were so cute and they played cheetah at the park? We're never going to do that. We will never do that because we will literally be living in the good times. We will be, it will be the good times and it will never end. How good is God? So good. So if you have nothing to look, that's good, something to look forward to, people. Okay, two questions to ask yourself. If you're finding yourself where you're not content, you just can't find this contentment. You really want this thing. You really want that thing. Life's not perfect until you have this. Listen, that's natural to look for what we don't have, right? But ask yourself these questions. Why all of a sudden am I wanting this thing? What in my life just happened that's causing me to want this? I know very well just seeing something can cause you to want it. Right? Which is why it's good to wait before you buy it. I know being around certain people can cause that. I used to have a friend, and she was very well off. And I, every time I went to her house, I noticed when I come home, my house was not good enough. Like, I, I was like, honey, we need to change this, and we need to do that. And one day he was like, what? And, and I think we together realized, I can't go over there anymore. <laughs> like, Literally, it just, it, it's almost like it takes a hold of you, right? I mean, I mean, it was crazy wealthy. It was like, yeah, you just need to not go to there. What caused you to want that thing or person or whatever? I don't know. I'm just saying, period. What caused you to all of a sudden want that? Why can you not live without that? What started that? And then number two, do I really want what I think I do? Have you ever stopped to think about that? Like that story Charlie gave about the lady who wanted, who literally prayed for God to, to, to get the lady dead so she could marry Kenneth Copeland? I mean, how confusing. And what in the world? Why? Right. It just doesn't make any sense. But, but something grabbed a hold of her. Does she really? If we were to t talk to that lady and give her some logical answers, some reasoning, do you think she'd really say that she really wants that? Probably not. She literally wasn't thinking logically. She was just thinking what she wanted, right? Those are just some good questions to ask yourself. And then gratitude. We're learning this in, you know, because it's Thanksgiving. And so gratitude should not just be at Thanksgiving. It should be all year. But be grateful. Be thankful for what you have. Yes, Lord. The, if you can't look at your life right now and be thankful because it's hard, that's okay. You may be going through a season. <laughs> it's temporary. But I can tell you this. Just pick up the mirror. And I promise there's so many things to be grateful for in here. 
Because remember, when we get this side of heaven, we're never going to be looking back. We're not going to be saying, I wish I would have had that car. Man, I wish I would have picked that bowl, that cherry bowl instead of the strawberry. Never will any of those things return to our mind, ever. Right? <laughs> or my hair. Why was my hair that way? We're not going to look back and think that. No. There's going to be too many good things. We're going to all be so having yeah. rejoicing together. Amen. Let's find contentment now. And God will reward that contentment. I, I promise. That. He will. Yeah. Because he's yeah. good. And he has good gifts for you. Amen. We pray you were blessed by the message we were able to share with you today. For more spiritual resources that can help you in your walk with God, or to find out more about our ministry, just go to our website at cffchurch.com. You will find additional teachings by video, audio, and printed resources that will be a blessing to you. May God's very best be yours.